live streamers. What are you doing on live stream this early in the day? It's a school day. Do you know how I know it's a school day? I'm at school. It's my free period, though, so I have an excuse. I have a hall pass to podcast during my free period. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Everyone take your seats. Pencil cases out. We're coming to school here at Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your teacher for the day and your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Eyes up front. You can call me Sully. That's my name. My students can't. Uh, we're recording, as you can see, recording here in my classroom in the luxurious Locked On MLB Studios, also known as Pasadena High School. The alma mater of Hall of Fame manager Dick Williams. You can look it up. He went here. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about, guess what, the World Series. That's been rained out. It's coming back today. As we talked about yesterday with Michael X. Ferraro, it could be to the advantage of the Philadelphia Phillies. But do you know what? Don't just take my word for it. We got Connor Thomas from Lockdown Phillies. He's also cutting class today, and he wants to come in and talk a little bit about the Phillies. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, pencils down, pop quiz time. In my free period here, I'm going to bring in a special teacher for today. He is the host of Locked On Phillies. He's a friend of the podcast, and he, please, please raise your hand if you want to say something. It's Connor Thomas. Welcome to the classroom. Hey, Sully. I appreciate you having me uh, into class today. I haven't been in a classroom in uh, coming up on seven years now since I got done with college. So good to be back and uh, appreciate you filling out some time in a busy school day for me and uh, the people who want to hear some stuff about the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, but, you know, I hate to make people think that I make my entire living at the Lockdown Podcast Network, but I am a special education teacher here in Pasadena, California. And just pulling back the curtain, the two of us have been playing email tag for the last week or so, trying to find a spot. You work, you're on the East Coast. I'm here in California. You work the weirdest hours anyone's ever worked. I work the hours a normal human being works, but we, with the time difference and all that, we just couldn't get together until I said, Hey, I have a free period on Tuesday. Um, let me rig it up in the classroom. So, you know, here we go, here we are. And we're, we're going to learn today. We're going to learn. Today. Yeah. Yes, we are. And it's perfect. And I appreciate Yeah, I, I work 4 a.m. to like 11 a.m. doing morning radio. And I'm our Eagles postgame host for uh, 97.5, the Fanatica radio station here in Philadelphia. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with the Sixers. So it's just like my hours are right outside of the normal working hours. And it's a, a pain in the neck to figure it out. But hey, we're all together here and we've got some stuff to break down. All right. Well, I want everyone to remember this will be on the final. So please pay attention. Um the Phillies and the Astros are 
I mean, actually, you're you're in Philadelphia right now, right? Yes, uh, how's the weather out there? <laughs> oh, it looks beautiful right now. It's oh, going to be about 67 and sunny. There was some fog this morning that cleared up. Last night, definitely not playable conditions, though. Okay, yeah, well, that's I was. It's funny. It was Halloween, and my my job was going to be because we have we actually have the street that I live on is a cul-de-sac with a lot of little kids, so mm-hmm. we get some trick-or-treat traffic. So my job was going to be sitting on the front porch, handing out the Almond Joys and and Hershey's bars with the radio on listening to the ball game. Um, That my night got a lot easier when the rain out. But uh, I was texting the whole time. I was texting my cousin Bill, uh, my cousin Bill who lives in Wilmington and is a diehard Phillies fan. And I was texting him, what's it look like? What's it look like? And he's texting me back. So I'm, he has he has younger kids than mine. They still trick-or-treat. Right. And he was like, we're trick-or-treating in the rain. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, we do have some uh, people in attendance in our classroom. As this is going on in the live stream. If you have any questions, be sure to throw it in the chat. We'll pick them up. Um, as I said with Michael Ferraro in yesterday's episode, this rain out, I think helps the Phillies. I think yeah. this. I think I mean they were going to start Syndergaard on Game Three, uh, Suarez Game Four, and then roll the dice, hoping that Nola would be ready for Game Five. But now they can start Suarez, who I think is a much better option than Syndergaard at this point, unless they got a time machine and got 2015 Noah Syndergaard, mm-hmm. and being able to go Suarez Nola three four, I think gives them a great chance to at the very least, split these couple of games. Yeah, it's funny. I heard something from Jessica Mendoza that she did for ESPN Radio, Overnight Radio, and she was trying to make the argument that the Astros benefit from this because of the depth that their pitching has. I think you're right, though, Sully. I think it benefits the team with the less pitching depth, which is the Philadelphia Phillies, giving them the opportunity for the extra day of rest. Now you can throw Suarez, Nola, and potentially Wheeler in a Game 5 if you need that. That's a much tougher matchup for the Astros uh, than to the Cindergard game if he's not 2015 Noah Cindergard, which he hasn't been for a while now. So, yeah, the way you push it back and the bigger thing even is the continuation of keeping that travel day. If they right. had cut the travel day, the Phillies with much less depth in the bullpen and in the starting rotation would have been in trouble. But the fact that Major League Baseball kept that together very much leads the Phillies way, in my opinion, as well. Uh, we have, by the way, speaking of Noah Syndergaard in the past, uh, first comment in the chat room is from friend of the podcast, Jeff Cohen, rabid Mets fan, says, nice weather for baseball. How lucky did baseball get for November weather, uh, November World Series game? That's right. I mean, this could, oops, this could very easily have been a disaster. I think this is one of the problems. Look, at I've been saying for a couple of years, and, and, and Connor, you know, you're not going to find a bigger baseball fan than me of just right. the whole game, not just my team. I've been saying for over a decade, before I started podcasting, when I was just making the baseball videos, I was calling for the season to end on Labor Day, even mm-hmm. if it means shortening the season, because, first of all, casual baseball fans don't follow their team unless they're in, in – they don't follow the playoffs unless their team's in it. Right. And so they're going to be going up against football anyway. But you want to have it so the weather – at least replicates a summer baseball game, at least in some way, shape, or form. And also because because they whoop, there you go. Because they've expanded the playoffs, that sort of it being 162 games 
uh, and the playoffs being a crapshoot made more sense when there were fewer teams in the playoffs as opposed to now. Uh, I would love to have September be the month of this playoff tournament and essentially have the first week of October be the World Series. That, to me, would be perfect. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. If it was 2010, 2011, I'd say let it get cold because you have the uh, Roy Halladay, um, Cliff Lee, Roy Ozal, Cole Hamels, Phillies that are going to be really good pitching-wise and make it tougher for offense. But especially with a Phillies team that's built for offense and the game being built around the long ball so much now, it helps to keep that warmer weather. It's more exciting. It plays more true to the regular season games. And frankly, 162 games is more than enough if they were to cut yeah. that down a little bit i wouldn't hate it so even 140 even if it's 140 right. you still got you still got a really good sample size of what a team is i'm not talking about going back to what it was in the covid season where you don't really learn much over yeah. 60 games you can learn a hell of a lot in 140 games especially if we're inviting what six teams in each league to participate as opposed to you know the just the division winners but also remember as recently i i i always think back to this in 2017 the Rockies were a wild card team and Minnesota was a wild card team in 2017. Mm-hmm. It was unlikely, but a scenario existed that you would have had an outdoor World Series in Minneapolis and Denver in late October and um, early November. Yeah. Uh, you might as and that, that would be in a monsoon. Oh, uh, Cheryl Cosmo, uh, a devoted fan and listener. Uh, writes, go back to 154 if you keep this playoff format. I'm for that. Go back That's to the old. I mean, that, uh, to me, that would be a great compromise. And by the way, if you want to keep some of these home run records from getting out of control, you know, you don't have as many games right. going on there. That all makes sense. And listen, the Phillies, uh, one of their most notable series, they make that huge comeback against the Mets in 2007. And then they go to Colorado and just get absolutely smoked in a series where the temperature was like 30 degrees the whole time. It's crazy to have teams like that uh, play late into October and early November. So I'm totally with you. And look, you talk about potential weather situations now. I mean, if the World Series was being played now, open weather in Denver and Minneapolis, it is an absolute surefire bet that you are going to have a game snowed out or something crazy. And Connor, let me ask you a question. If you need to make a bet, where are you going to go? Well, of course, I'm going to go to our friends over at BetOnline because BetOnline.net, they're your number one source for betting football and the start of new basketball season. NBA's rocking right now. Go ahead and check everything out. The Sixers off to a slow start, but some fun stuff going on there. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis, all that good stuff. And always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. You got live betting, you got up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. They've even got, well, of course, baseball. We got the World Series going on right now, MMA, boxing, golf, anything you want. I'm sure you can bet on how long the lights are going to stay on in Sully's classroom out there in Pasadena High School. Whatever you need, Bet Online's got it. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. By the way, I'm here in the I'm here in the classroom. Uh, I'm here with my star student Connor Thomas of Lockdown Phillies. Uh, you can tell how much movement I do when I teach because these lights are uh, motion censored, mm-hmm. and I'm walking around constantly. If I counted my steps when I taught, uh, I'm probably doing twenty thousand steps, just making orbits around the classroom. And the lights are oh, Sully must be gone. Better shut off the lights. It's okay. We're here doing. Th- <laughs> 
a Locked On crossover in the classroom with Connor Thomas uh, of Locked On Phillies. Now, regard now, I, I look at. I'm not going to uh, uh, get into a debate with Jessica Mendoza. My main problem with what she said in terms of this delay helping the Astros is they have the pitching depth, whether there was a rain delay or not. They haven't yeah. used Jose Urquidy yet. You know, I mean, they, he's a, he would be a number two pitcher for a lot of the playoff teams that are in here. And he's been the Maytag repairman. How about that for a dated reference? But, you know, you have you know, the Christian Javier's, the Lance McCullers Juniors, and all these people who haven't even appeared in the playoffs yet. Their bullpen is ridiculously deep, and they had a travel day, and a lot of those pitchers weren't even used in the Game 2 victory over Philadelphia. Um, they, they had the pitching depth. The main thing that I I initially picked uh, Houston in five. That was my mm-hmm. pick. And the reason I picked him in five is I thought Houston was going to lose one of the two games that was going to be started by either Nola or Wheeler. Because I thought those were the, the two best pitchers they had. And as I said to Michael Ferraro, I was right in one way that Nola matched Verlander. He just matched mm-hmm. him at being bad. Yes. Uh, and, and the very unlikely scenario of the Phillies bullpen outdueling the Astros bullpen and Nick Castellanos being a defensive star, uh, go to bet online and make your bet to see what the odds of that would have been. But now that they've been able to move Nola and possibly Wheeler up a game, I think the chances of them winning an additional game in Philadelphia, I just think went up exponentially. Because I thought the the, the matchups with, with Syndergaard and Suarez were so insanely in the favor of Houston that I thought they were going to be down 3-1 and then just be in, you know, go for the throat mode. Uh, right. But now I think if they split the next two games, uh, I don't think – I look at I still think they were going to go to game six with Houston up 3-2. Nothing against the Phillies. They've been surprised this all year. I just think Houston is a very deep team right now. And they were one Nick Castellanos slide away from being up 2-0 in this series. But – Still, I think this having Nola starting four as opposed to trying to save the season in five is a huge difference, and there is no similar movement uh, with the Houston staff. No, because there's really two guys for this Phillies team that match mm-hmm. up even remotely well with Houston, and you've already told them. It's Aaron Nola. Uh, it's Zach Wheeler. And to knock this Phillies team out of the playoffs, I've said it since the wild card series with the Cardinals, someone's going to have to beat both of them. That's the only way to get this team out because they're just too good in uh, tandem. And now, not only do you have them throwing four and five, Wheeler supposedly is, Rob Thompson said he's not going to throw five. If you're in either an elimination game or a chance to clinch, Zach Wheeler will get the ball to start. It's just what they have listed right now. But let's say he doesn't. Either way, you're looking at a situation where now, if it goes seven, Nola's available. Wheeler's going to be available out of the pen for maybe an inning. Like It opens up the opportunity for longer rest for both of them. I don't see how it could possibly help the Astros to have to face Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler more than what they originally would have had to in the regular scheduled series. Yeah, and if, if Philadelphia wins games three or four, then I think it would be smart to start Wheeler game six. I think it would be smart to start him on regular rest. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if if they're down 3-1, obviously all bets are off in an elimination right. game. I'm sorry, Buck Showalter, you have to throw your best pitchers. You can't say, well, we went down with our sixth best on the mound. 
you know, if you know, if right. if it's a three-one series lead, you can say Wheeler. Look at, I know you, you you would like to have that extra day. You know, it's you got to go. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not throwing Kyle Gibson. Although I will say, as I said to as I said last night, the one game I went to in Philadelphia um, this summer was a game where Gibson took a no hitter into the into the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. So he looked pretty good that night. Yeah, but again, it was against a uh, the minor league team that wears Washington Nationals uniforms, and it was like days after they traded. It was like on the third or fourth of August that I was there, so they were still reeling for the fact that Juan Soto was, uh, you know, playing for the big market San Diego Padres. But right. um, I, you know, it the key is these next two games. You know, if Philly, if the Phillies win tonight and have Nola pitching game four. Then they're then they're almost in the driver. I mean, they're almost in the driver's seat at that point because they could be, that puts them in a position to try to, to take a three one lead. But if they just split the next two games, you know, you go Wheeler game six, you take your chances with that. And if it goes game seven, by definition, that's a coin toss. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And maybe I'm overstating this. Uh, I know you're an impartial third party to this, but I had this conversation with the guys over on Locked On Astros. I think the Phillies are already in the driver's seat after taking home field advantage by splitting in Houston because Citizens Bank Park is such a tough place to play. Now, I know the great equalizer may be that the Astros, every ballpark is a tough place for them to play with what happened in 2016 and the reputation they now carry, but this is a different animal than they've seen, even in New York, because they went there already having the Yankees down to nothing and have fan base eating each other alive. I think they're in for a rude awakening for how tough it is to play at Citizens Bank Park. And I think that's a huge, huge advantage with the Phillies. Now a chance to throw Nola in game four and Wheeler potentially in game five. I don't know, Sully. I think the Phillies have the upper hand right now, if only slightly. If the, they win tonight, they certainly do. I, I to me, I don't mean to be a broken record. Uh, I would have disagreed with you yesterday, right? Uh, because I think that I, I think winning that game two was so big for Houston because game one was such a punch to the gut that they had a five nothing lead. They had the the Castellanos catch. They had the runners on second and third, uh, and it could have been a hit by pitch and all the stuff that was happening. Yeah. So I mean, there were so many things, you know went wrong in game one and with the the relatively easy game two victory i mean it was the game wasn't as close as the three-run final i mean they they were in control early valdez was was wonderful and yeah they they were you know they they rallied a couple times they just couldn't throw the 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 big punch i thought that was such a pick-me-up for the astros to say, okay, this is who we are. This is who we are. But now, I, again, I think I, I, I thought they were going to go to Philadelphia and run the table because mm-hmm. I don't think they've been booed everywhere. They, right. they, and they, they're more prepared for that. They know who they are. They beat a good Mariners team, of which there was obviously two thrillers in that. They beat a good Yankee team. Let's face it, the Yankees were a good team. They're dysfunctional, but they're a 99-win team that won the damn division. So let's not act like they're the, you know, this is the 1991 Yankees. This is a really good baseball team that they swept. And and, and they shut down, basically, with the exception of a few at-bats, the MVP of the American League. Sorry, Shohei Otani. 
So I think that the Astros were going to go into game three last night with a sense of, all right, boo us all you want. We've been hearing it. We've been hearing from everybody. We don't care. We're better than you, and we're going to beat you. But now there's there's an equalizer. And so um, look, at, I, I don't think booing or home field advantage is going to mean piddly poo for this okay. team. I don't. I really don't. I think it would for other teams. I think it may have rattled San Diego a little bit. I think it may have rattled Atlanta a little bit. I don't think it's going to mean squat to the Houston Astros, who have been booed by children, Cub Scouts, nuns, missionaries, Everybody. you know, you know yeah. war, vet, war veterans. They've all been booing them. They this is been- why I say, like, because as much as we try to be impartial, the Phillies are my team, and I always will back up the home field advantage that we have in Philadelphia, and that's why I bring up the question. And the fun thing, though, Sully, the best part about all of this is we'll find out. We're going to find out tonight. We'll find out tomorrow night, and we will find out in game five. So someone's going to be right and someone's going to be wrong. But I wanted to bring that up because I feel that the home field advantage, I may be overstating it a little bit. Well, I think, again, I think they have an advantage now. Mm-hmm. Because they can they put themselves in a position to tie the series. Right. We're here with Connor Thomas with Locked on Phillies. Hey, Jeff Cohen uh, threw this out here. Just want to clarify. He wants to ask what's the pitching matchup for tonight. So, Jeff, I know you love Noah Syndergaard. I know you have posters of Noah Syndergaard. I know you have your little your little action figures. Like, Hi, Noah. Hi, Jeff. Nice to see you. And you play with them all day. Uh, I believe Noah Syndergaard. Oh, I already played that one. Sorry. Um uh, so it's going to be Suarez versus, is it McCullers? Lance McCullers. It yeah. is McCullers, yes. Yes, yeah, so you're getting the same matchup from Houston that you had uh, the mm-hmm. day before. McCullers, a guy who's heavy off speed, uh, similar to what Framber Valdez was in game two, but from the other side of the mound, righty. Uh, Phillies see the righties better, so that is a little bit of a benefit, and hopefully – uh, the extra day of building an approach against McCullers will help out a little bit. And then you get Ranger Suarez, who has had rough starts this postseason. The one against Atlanta in game one comes to mind. And then he had a really good start against the San Diego Padres in the NLCS. So who knows what Ranger Suarez you're getting? A young pitcher who's making, I believe it's his third postseason start ever. And it's in the World Series now. First time ever for him, obviously. So it's a tough matchup still for the Phillies, but a better one than what you would have had with a sure bullpen game yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of adrenaline for the Phillies, obviously, yeah, but they, who are playing with house money. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I thought they were going to get thumped by St. Louis. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm a broken record. People have been listening to me say this. The entire tenor of the – postseason would have been different if the Cardinals held on to their lead in game one of the wildcard series, which every, mm-hmm. it looked like they were in total control. Yeah. Uh, and that's so where it shifted. Yeah. And that's it was not subtle. Yeah. It was not no. subtle. They scored six runs and then they shut about the next day. And the Cardinals who were, who had all of the, the, they had all of the narratives in their favor. They had multiple MVPs last hurrah for Pujols last. It was the last you were going to have, Pujols, Molina, and Wainwright, who were all three critical parts of the 06 championship, like the band getting back together for one last hurrah, and two went out. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that yep. no one was expecting that. Phillies, one game ahead of the Brewers, only reason they're in the playoffs at all is because of the expansion of the playoffs for this year, as opposed mm-hmm. to the way it was last year. Um, and And here we go. And I believe, you know, everything has worked 
anyway, everything's been house money for Philadelphia since then. So I know they're not going to be overwhelmed by the moment because if there was a time for them to be overwhelmed by the moment, it was against Atlanta in round two. Right. Or a division series. I call yeah. it let's let's just call round it round two. two. Round three. Yeah. Because yeah, division series doesn't make sense because that's based upon what it was called when they did that round in nineteen eighty one in the strike year, and it was a division series. It was the AL East Division Series, the AL West Division Series. And when they mm-hmm. uh expanded the playoffs, so we'll just call it the keep calling it the division series, even though that name never made sense. Right. Totally, your, totally agree with you there. It should have been called the opening round. And now what they should call the wild card round the opening round. That should be mm-hmm. round two. Then you have the league championship series. And then you have the world series. Makes perfect sense to me. I never understood like, why they didn't change it. But yeah, it's, it's, and, it's and, and, and to me, uh, this is, I actually, I, I joked about this at one point, but I actually think this is probably true that in the baseball encyclopedia, which was the baseballreference.com before there was baseballreference.com. That was mm-hmm. kind of the official register of where you played, you know, all major leaguers. For right. that round in 1981, when you had the split season, the stupid split season, um, then they said instead of declaring the champion to be the team that had the best overall record, it, they had whoever was in first place at the strike and whoever was, who had the best record after the strike played each other in a division series. Now, of mm. course, the Dodgers wound up winning the World Series that year. They were in the NL West. The Cincinnati Reds had the best record in baseball overall. They didn't make the playoffs. They had the highest win total in all of yep. baseball, but they were in second place at the time of the strike, and they had the second best record in the NL West and after the strike. And the Dodgers and the Astros played each other, and the the uh, – Reds were like, what? We're, yeah, we're the best. We we're that. the best team in baseball. Why are we not in this expanded thing? Well, because you were in second in both halves. But they called that the divisional series, and that's how it was written in the baseball encyclopedia. And when they came back from the strike in '94, and they were finally going to play this round, there was almost like, what are we calling this? Well, it's already listed as this in the baseball encyclopedia. So why change it? Right. Just not go through the trouble of uh, blotting it all out and making a new name and everything. I feel yeah. that. But, yeah, I, I agree that's a, a logical take for sure. Should uh, have been called either that. the first round or the American League semifinals. Fine with either of those. They both make plenty more sense. Than division than, series. Exactly. <laughs> well, someone else agrees. It's Jeff Cohen who says another logical take from Sully. Darn right. There you go. Darn right. <laughs> You're full of them. I got – oh, he's also loving Thor because he loves Noah Syndergaard. Uh, fair All enough. Right. I hope Thor doesn't throw in this World Series, though. Yeah. Maybe out of the pen, but I hope he did, doesn't make a start. Uh, did he Did he appear in the San Diego Series? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yes. So I have a thing. I want everyone on the roster to make at least one appearance in the postseason, not necessarily in the World Series. So I don't have yes. to worry about Thor. Thor's appeared in the, in the playoffs. If he doesn't yeah, he appear – he made a start. He was the starter oh, he in the did. clinching oh, that, game against Atlanta. That's right. Yeah. I totally yeah. forgot that. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And I think I made a joke about that. Say that you three know, scoreless they, innings out of him. It's good. Yeah. Throw. Is that a quality start? Or sorry, he gave up a home run, but still three. Uh, not three a quality innings. start, but three solid innings. What you're basically looking for there. Yeah. But I'm, I'd rather have Ranger. I'd rather have Nola. I'd rather have Wheeler. And hey, a little bit of rain set us up perfectly for that. So thank you, Mother Nature. 
There you go. And uh, by the way, Cheryl Cosmo is also tweeting stuff or posting stuff here. Division means nothing now. You don't have to have one of the two best records. Hey, Cheryl, I'll tell you something that I've been saying. Uh, I want to. I'm going with you on this, Cheryl. I say obliterate divisions altogether. Really? We saw that last year when the two best teams in baseball were Los Angeles and San Francisco, and one of them had to play a winner-take-all playoff game, which they almost lost. And then the two best teams in baseball had to play each other in the division series. So it was guaranteed that one of the two best teams in baseball was not going to make the league championship series. And yeah. it was even dumber in 2015 where the three best teams in baseball in terms of win-loss record were St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and the Chicago Cubs. And it was designed that two of the best, one of the best teams in baseball was not going to make it out of the wildcard game. And the other one wasn't going to make it out of the division series. So it was guaranteed that two out of the three best teams were guaranteed to not play in the league championship series. Now, as it turned out in both of those cases, a team made it to the, the LCS and one of those, and a, a yet another team wound up winning the pennant, the right. Mets in 2015 Atlanta last year, when the league championship series probably should have been San Francisco versus Los Angeles. Yeah, and it's funny. Yeah. The Mets fans would say a similar thing about this year with the season they put together. They lose yeah. to the Braves by one game in the NL East, and all of a sudden they're out in the wild card round to a Padres team that won, what, 89 games? 88, so, 88, games. 88 games. Yeah, yeah so uh, it, it's wild how the playoffs work out, but I'm very glad they added the expansion spot this year. <laughs> I'm, talking the wrong, I'm talking to the wrong guy about that <laughs> one. <laughs> add as many spots as you want, as long as the Phillies keep winning, as long as they can get in the dance. All right, well, guess what? Um, well, you know what? Pencils down. It's going to be the end of the class. Um, but, uh, Hey, uh, Connor Thomas, uh, tell people where they can follow your podcast. Yeah, of course. Check all of our work out at LO underscore Phillies on Twitter. Uh, you can see everything retweeted on my personal account at Connor Thomas 975, which you can see on YouTube there. If you're watching, uh, you can follow us wherever you get your stuff on YouTube, Odyssey app, podcasts, the same place you get locked on MLB. And of course, as always, check out our friends over on Locked On Sports today. They do great daily content there. You're going to see a lot of me, the folks over at Locked On Astros, because the World Series is going on. And uh, Sully, you can find all of his stuff. Of course, he'll let you know where. Uh, you can follow me, uh, follow this podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at Pods. And I'm your pal Sully. I'm your teacher, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter for now and Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Bringing in my star pupil, Connor Thomas, to my free period in my luxurious high-budget classroom in Pasadena High School. This has been Locked On MLB for the first day of November 2022. Let's play ball tonight. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, please, please call me Sully.